Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Muslim in the Room podcast. Your host, Asma Hussein, Iman Ahmed, and Zainab Zafar are three Canadian Muslim women. Every week, they will discuss issues that are relevant to the celebration, growth, and empowerment of Muslim women in the West. They will confront some of the social issues affecting us through thought-provoking topics. We would love for you to join us. You can do that by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. But for now, join us and let's get into today's episode. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to The Muslim in the Room. Today we have Huda Ashur back on the show. You will remember our conversation from last season called The Search for Love as a Single Muslim in 2021. If you haven't listened to it, go listen now. We had such a fascinating conversation last time and I can't wait to get into some more nitty gritty details. You know, speaking of that, Asma, we had a lot of downloads and a lot of viewers and followers have requested to put the second part of this episode on. And I am really excited to actually listen to your responses. So I do have a couple of questions that I do want to ask. So we have Huda Shur back. Huda? Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Asma and Zainab. Thank you so much for having me again. It's nice to be back at the podcast. All right. So first question that I have is, do you guys think that single women become more picky as they grow older in terms of choosing their spouse? And the second question that I have is, do you think picky is the correct word to use? Great question. I think um, I would say as you grow older, you actually become less picky. Or there are certain things that when you were younger seemed so important or were like a yay or nay for sure. Whereas they're not as important now and you're much more flexible about that being a criteria. So in general, I would say it's the opposite, at least for me. But maybe you are more set in your ways or you are more aware. Maybe this is more accurate. You are more aware of what you are looking for. So in that regards, I would definitely say picky is not, from my perspective, the right way to describe it. It's more of like you are a bit more sure of what you're looking for. So that would be my answer. Honestly, just as like that word in general, especially <laughs> when it's spoken about in marriage, because you can definitely understand like a single person, that's a constant critique. But I think it's the latter exactly the fact that you know more of what you're looking for. Yeah, Huda, honestly, I completely agree with you. And you know, it's interesting that what you said at the beginning about actually we have less criteria now than we did before. And I find that to be true for myself as well. When people ask me, okay, well, what's your criteria? It's literally this, not even kidding. Someone who's going to be kind to me and my daughter. That's like the thing. When I think about, oh, what job does he have to have or whatever, like none of that stuff actually matters. And I think it's because as you grow older and experience so many different things and you get to know so many people, you realize that what actually matters in the end is if someone is just genuinely good to you. And all that extra stuff, because when you think about like jobs, money, it's just other external things, all of those things come and go. So you can relate this like perfect man in your head and then someone can come along, check all the boxes and then you get married. And a month later, he loses his job. You lose all the material stuff. And then what happens? You're left with the core of who that person is, right? So I love that you said we get less picky as we grow older because that's not what's portrayed. 100%. Is picky the right word then? Or would you say then clear boundaries that you have more set boundaries and not necessarily that you're picky, but what do you, is it just change of wording or is it really, you know, where well, do you stand okay. with that? Yeah. So picky is not the right word for sure. 
because it's exactly as Hada said. When you start getting older, you understand yourself better. You understand what personalities would work better with your personality. You just have like, you're more aware. That's exactly the word that Hada, you're more aware of who you are and how your personality and even your flaws would interact with another person, right? So on the outside, people might think, oh, she's so picky because she rejected this one person that in our eyes was good. But she may have rejected that person. She, I'm talking about like, mm-hmm. it's just some random person. I'm not talking about mm-hmm. you. <laughs> For me, just like a theoretical woman, okay? <laughs> um, that she rejected someone that in everyone else's eyes was like good enough for her. But in her eyes, she understands herself. And when she sees this person, she knows that they're going to conflict on things that are really important, right? Because you can have two very good people and it wouldn't work between them, right? It's not about passing judgment. But I also want to say, okay, and this is me being whatever, okay? You can call it whatever you want. Even if picky was the right word, and even if we continue to say that we're picky, and, mm-hmm. and we said, yes, we are picky, and yes, everyone, don't we have the right to be? Like, consider, okay. I, I want to, okay. Just, I would no, say no, no. yes. Like, I will yes. say unequivocally yes, for sure. Right. And we also have to think about when we get married, more often than not, there's a power imbalance in marriages. Mm-hmm. That men do hold a lot of power in marriages. And when you marry somebody who you didn't vet properly or you didn't talk to enough or you kind of like let so much go and you're like, yeah, I mean, this is fine. This is fine. This is fine. What ends up happening is that like now you're in a marriage where somebody does have power over you. Let's let's be honest. In, in most yes. marriages, I would say mm-hmm. there is a power imbalance, right? And now this person has some level of authority, however much that level is, is debatable. Okay. But like has some level of authority, some level of power, and is going to influence your life directly and seriously. And so if I come and I say, and I'm picky, quote unquote picky, and I say, no, I don't want this person. It's I'm in my full right to say no to anybody for any reason that I want. And that's the ultimate truth. If something doesn't feel right in my gut, it might not make sense to anybody else. Everyone else might label me as picky. But at the end of the day, I have the right and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us that right that we can say no to anybody and not ever be forced or coerced into getting into a marriage. And if Allah gave us that right, then we should be able to use it without being criticized for it. Yes. So Asma, I agree with you that authority is something that would be in the back of my mind. The fact that, you know what, this is a serious contract that we're getting into and a serious commitment. However, more than the authority bit, for me, what stands out is the element of like, if we're not compatible, and if I don't genuinely find you as someone who is a perfect fit for me, and vice versa, like, I think the key thing to underscore for me is the point you made as Mabel, like, there could be two great people, but they're just not great, great together, right? And I think that's the key thing to look out for, right? And not just be like, oh, you know, there's a person and I need to check off this thing from my to-do list of getting married, but rather be a bit more forward thinking of like, what are you trying to establish with this relationship, right? And what are the things that you want in your life? And does this person bring that and you bring the same thing to them? And that's where the whole conversation comes about, right? Because you're vetting someone and they're vetting you too. Come on, let's obviously, as we talk here, for any of the listeners, we are very much aware that it's a two-way stream, right? And we're just talking from our perspective. 
And for me, it comes down to this. This is a serious commitment and I cannot take it lightly. And I need to be able to find the right person. And I think, you know what? Some people find the right person so early on in their life, right? It's really different for each individual based on so many different factors, right? So if um, what I would highlight for me more than anything else is being very much aware of what you're looking for and be satisfied with your decisions and just being like, this is what you've chosen and going with that, right? And growing and learning as you look into it. But definitely don't let this be something that you are forced to do because of society around you. I just think that sometimes, even though when we end up making the right decision, and that's not to undermine what you are saying, absolutely not. We still don't know until we live with the person, right? Like uh, there's a saying that um, if you live with the person or you travel with them, you really get to know them, right? You really get to know the ins and out of the person. SubhanAllah, like even at the end, when you have everything correct in a person and you get married and that's not to make anyone afraid, things can still go wrong, right? Two great people can still get a divorce. Or So do you think that it's better for women to let go of certain things, like to let go of certain expectations that they have or like uh, the boundaries that they have set really firm? Or do you think that the boundaries that as you recognize life and you actually, you know, you've lived a portion of your life and you understand people better now. And at this point you say, no, you know, these boundaries have to be set very, very clearly. Do you think that it's okay to loosen up some of these expectations or boundaries that you have or... I think it is okay if at that point in your life, that thing is no longer important to you, right? If there is something that is very important to you, then no. Why would you loosen it? And then knowing that that's going to potentially bring harm to you. For things that are not as important, extraneous things, you know, things not related to someone's character, for example, material things like, to me, all of those are things that it's wiggle room. Like all of that stuff has wiggle room in it. Right. But it's really just about the core character. Like, wait, so I actually came across this uh, post on social media and I, I wish I remember the actual quote. But basically, it was about this is throwing a wrench into our whole conversation, but whatever. That's what I like doing. So, is divorce less acceptable than Zina? Oh my gosh. That's just a shocking question, isn't it? Yeah. But if you think about wow. it, like, <laughs> it's almost more acceptable. Like, if it's such a strange thing to say, and of course, mm-hmm. I don't believe that, right? But if we think about where our society is going, it's more acceptable to be dating someone and just like commit zina than it is to be divorced. And I find that mind-boggling, actually, because to me, if you get married and then a few years down the road, you realize, you know what, this is really just not working and it would be better if we went our separate ways. To me, that that's totally acceptable, totally normal. And if we look at like, even the, the, the Sira and how often like Muslims in the past used to get divorced and it wasn't like, it didn't have that same stigma attached to it as it does now. Um, and then also the women who were divorced did not have problem getting remarried at all. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, but now it's like, there's such stigma to divorce that you almost don't want to get married because you, you have this fear that like, well, if I get divorced, then I'm done. Like the society is going to see me in a certain way. I'm going to be like, quote unquote, used goods, damaged goods, which is like horrible thing to say, but people say it, people say these things. And so it's like, we have to shift our, our perspective and say, it's more, it's way more fine and acceptable to get a divorce if you feel things aren't working out than it is for you to, to have like a haram relationship. 
I agree. I hundred percent agree. And when you initially said that asthma, like I was a bit shocked, but that's the reality yes. you were living in. So was I. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> You're, right. You're right. So I would say, I think that's a completely, that's an interesting angle. And I'm not quite sure how much I can add to that other than to say it's really weird like even like when I think of the Sira and as you pointed out Esma like there were many marriages and divorces and or remarrying after someone became a widow or what have you stuff like to us now would not be so normal I think that's just some I'm not so sure if that's also a generational thing right of the certain things that now we are worried about that other older generations didn't worry about maybe we are a bit less risk uh, or we're more risk averse and don't like to fail I'm not sure but um, and that's something instead of like focusing on being in a social environment where you mingle and find like more have the possibility of interacting more with individuals that you can get married because obviously as Muslim women it's not like we can just get married to any guy right um there are restrictions and things that are of high value to us that we like to maintain. And I would say, like, for me, at the end of the day, like, no choice that I've made about this particular area today that I regret, it just comes down to the fact that it hasn't been meant to be so far. And that's why I guess I don't worry too much about loosening up or not loosening up. Wow. Honestly, this is, yeah. All right. Um, Ladies, I have one more question for you. Do you think, like, picking up from your conversation, it seems like, as an independent woman, there is more fear and women are more afraid to get married because of the fear of being controlled. Do you think that's true? And if so, why do you feel that way? Yes, it's true. <laughs> that's, that's, like, that, that, that's the answer. That is the answer. Mm-hmm. Like, subhanAllah. And it's not to say that it would prevent us from getting married, but the fear is greater almost because... Okay. You've gone to a place in your life, at least from for, for me, I've gone to a place in my life where most decisions I really make on my own. I'm very independent minded and my family knows this and they respect that. You know, I've, I've gone to an age where, you know, I have a good head on my shoulders and the thought of marrying somebody or allowing somebody to come into your life and potentially dictating what you do and don't do, it is actually, it's frightening, right? Because Finally, you've gotten to a good place. You feel confident. You feel independent. You feel very capable and established. And there are many men, not all men, of course, but there are many men who would want to have that level of control and who would say, well, you're my wife. You have to obey me. You have to obey everything I say. And then, so there, there is a level of fear attached to that. And I mean, I think there's that fear exists for many or, or all women almost, right? But especially when you've gotten to a place where you've accomplished so much and you've lived a very independent life. You know the challenges that come with it, but you also know the benefits that come with it, right? So yeah, there is fear attached to it, right? I'm not going to lie. But uh, on that point, Esma, wouldn't the vetting process make it clear that this is a person that's just super controlling, so stay away. That I would say that's something that would stand out to know. Like, because as soon as we said, is there fear around that? My initial thought was no, but as you kept speaking, I'm like, oh, I see where that could be an element. But that's why I would say no to that kind of an individual right away. I'm like, nope, because otherwise it's going to be like living in a household where if he tries to dictate to me, I will tell him to get lost or dictate back right to him. And it's, you know, it's not going to work. It's definitely yeah. not going to work. Right? 
so I'm like seeing it more of like um, there's a whole early stage of like who are you what do you value what do you like what are you looking for in a partner are you looking for someone who would say yes sir to you all day right and if that's what that individual is looking for then you know what um go find whoever that person would be for you because it's not me right <laughs> um so that's how I would think about it so maybe that's why for me fears won't be forefront in this regard because I would think that would be something that would be noticeable as you speak. I feel like if you're going to be dictating things to me, then there's there's no respect there in that relationship. So that's why I would avoid that kind of an individual from the get-go. But I think if maybe going back to your questions of like being independent women, I think that's a label that's thrown around, I would say, more than anything else. And maybe guys would be the ones that will use that as a critique of like, of course, she's an ind- she sees herself as an independent woman. And, you know, you can't see herself as to be this, all that. Whereas I don't see myself as that at all, right? I'm a person who lives in the 21st century and that comes with certain lifestyle and certain way of thinking and living, right? And I'm assuming the person that I would be with is someone who grew up in a similar environment as me and Therefore, we should. But hold be on, able hold to, aren't, no? aren't some aren't some men stuck in like the 19th century? Yeah, but run away from those dudes. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a majority. Are we saying there's a majority? Like, because uh, I was thinking, I was hoping not, right? Unless it's like a very traditional environment that they've grown up in, where I have not grown up in that. So mm-hmm. I would so assume really, I would see less of those. Yeah. So it's really about the vetting process, right? And us being as us really taking the vetting process seriously. You know, there's another fear like this. And the new fear has been unlocked. <laughs> um, <laughs> that like someone could show you one side of them and then you marry them and then they're a completely different person or they have a completely different dynamic while they're in the house. And Zainab touched on that at the very beginning because, or, or maybe we were talking about this before we began. You don't really know someone until you've lived with them, until you've been in the trenches with them. So someone can show you, yeah, all roses and amazing things and whatever. And then you actually get married to them. And it's just a completely different side that you see. Um, So that's another fear that lives in my head too. You know what, on that point, Zainab, as you get older, you definitely become more risk averse, right? You take less risks. But I would say, generally speaking, when you think of marriage, that's not always, at least for me, it's risks are not the first things that will come to mind because at the end of the day life is full of risks nothing nothing will go necessarily to our plans right if covid has taught us anything is that right that life there are so many unexpected things and we just have to, to roll with the punches and i would say if there's an advice that i would give to anyone it's like when you're thinking of marriage do not focus on the negative what could go wrong do not focus on what could go wrong but rather of like that there's a huge potential here of creating a unit that contributes something to the larger society right um so i would say that risk should not be the first thing that comes to your mind but it's there it's one of the things that you would consider and uh, at the end of the day you have to be serious in the vetting process be honest period and uh, assume that they're being honest as well and if they're not then you know what at the end of the day this is a serious contract that they're signing and there's that element of like you're getting married based on the sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his prophet and that's on them if they want to break it 
And I'm hoping that the ones that are would not take this seriously are not the majority. I'm assuming the majority will go in this in good faith. So that's why risk will not be the first thing that comes to mind for me. So what are mm-hmm. your final thoughts on this? Honestly, I think at the end of the day, everything is in the control and power of the lost panel data. All that's up to us really is doing our due diligence, getting to know somebody, being open enough with ourselves to acknowledge that there are certain things that are important to us that we want and then deciding are these things so important that we can't budge on them. But then, you know, another thing is trusting your gut and constantly asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guidance. I think a lot of women don't trust their guts. They trust people in their lives who say, oh, so-and-so is a good person. And I've heard this so many times that I had a gut feeling that it wasn't right or like that, whatever. And then they ignored it. And I think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the ability to differentiate and to discern right from wrong in general, but also to kind of see red flags if we're tuned in enough with ourselves to see them. So it's really a matter of not just a matter of getting to know the other person, but really getting to know ourselves and understanding why sometimes we don't trust our own judgment, what kind of person we're looking for, what kind of person we are to begin with. I know that's kind of all over the place, but at the end of the day, everything that's meant to happen in our lives is going to happen to a T. Yes, and not worry too much about if I do this, this will happen because really it's not necessarily up to you. But I would definitely co-sign on that more than anything else. Trust your gut instincts, right? Have a good sense of who you are and what you value, what it is you want to see in your life, the kind of lifestyle and the quality of life that you want to have. And um, be optimistic about the potential relationships that you can have, right? Or the individual that you get to meet. If you feel like, you know what, they align with your values. You have the same goals in life. And you know what, you're finding each other to be compatible and you're not feeling any sense of like, there are red flags, potential red flags that you are seeing. Then the rest, uh, leave it to God, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if it's meant to go perfectly right, then it will. And if it's meant to be good for whatever amount of years, and maybe after that, you're not compatible anymore, then that's what's written. There are so many different ways things can go. I agree with you, Esma. It comes down to the fact of knowing what you're looking for. And then um, pursuing that, having that honest conversation. And you know, one thing we're not saying here is like, enjoy the process, right? There's a reason why it should be a courtship, right? There should be an element of uh, what do you call it, romance here. I'm not even going to hesitate in saying that. Obviously, with our values intact and the way the things that matter to us as Muslims being followed, right? But um, I think if we go into it thinking about it, it's like, okay, it has to check off the following things. And you know what? I'm worried about all of these things uh, on the other hand, then it's just, it's going to become this overly complicated process. And I would say in this day and age, finding someone, a good person for you, it's already difficult as is. Don't add too much to it. Yeah. That, okay. You know, what really stood out to me about what you said, Huda. Optimism. Uh, I think it can become very difficult to be optimistic if you have like several bad experiences in a row or something like that. But I think holding on to optimism which in my mind also means like having a good opinion of Allah, that he's going to bring somebody to you that's compatible with you. So optimism and husnadhan, right? Like good opinion of Allah kind of go hand in hand or have almost the same meaning. That's a really good point. That's a really good point because we do get caught up in our fears and our, and our anxieties. And I'm not saying that there's nothing to it, 
because of course we've seen lots of marriages go sour and we've, we, the more experience we have, the more things we're exposed to that can kind of pile up in our hearts and make us feel a certain way. But holding on to optimism is such a good point. And that's really, really good advice. Thank you so much, ladies. This was a really needed conversation. We would like to end here. Thank you everyone for listening to us, the Muslim in the room. Please connect with us on Instagram and leave your feedback. We look forward to having more conversations with you. Until then, take care. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We would love to hear your thoughts. So be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and tell us what you think. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And to connect with us a little bit more, join us over at Instagram at the handle The Muslim in the Room. Tune in next week for another thought-provoking, or who knows, maybe even a little controversial episode. Until then, take care and assalamu alaikum.